baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It is now November 26th, 2016, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from the Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Now, it is Christmas time. It is the holiday season. And as I've said before, I don't care what the hell you call it. And if you're the type of person who gets angry at someone, if they say happy holidays or Merry Christmas, either way, I have nothing to do with you. You are just angry at life. I say Merry Christmas to people because I, it's, it's a habit and it's part of how I see the season. It's certainly not a religious thing for me. I've mentioned before, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in the supernatural. I don't believe in gods and things like that. And I don't, certainly don't celebrate any religious ceremonies. I just like the sound of Merry Christmas. It just, it, it's unique. But if someone says, hey, hey, I don't celebrate Christmas, then I'll say, and I've said this before, then whatever it is you celebrate, I hope it's a good time. Please accept. If someone says to me, happy Hanukkah, do you know what I'll say? Thank you. Happy. Merry. Those are the key words. If you have someone says, I'm wishing you a happy blank. You know, I mean, if, if it's whatever the blank is, say thank you. You know, I mean, someone says a happy Passover to me. I hope I do have a nice Passover, even if I'm not celebrating it. So just, there is no war on Christmas or holidays. Just everyone knock it off. Please, let's just have, there's been enough tension this year. Let's have a good time. Let's open up and let's, I don't know, just be happy. Let's just be happy. Is that the, can we give that a try? And we just lost Mrs. Brady. We're throwing Florence Henderson on the pile of all the people we've lost this year. It's been strange. So let's be happy. I know that's not a partridge. She's the Brady Bunch, not the partridge family, but come on, everyone. Come on, get happy. Let's go partridge family, this son of a bitch here. So... With it being, we've passed Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is in the rearview mirror, although I still have not digested the 78 tons of turkey that I ate. Holy cats, I had a great Thanksgiving dinner. And we had a lot of people at our home. We had my wife and kids and relatives and some other people who have, you know, we're all just happy they were there. So we were very thankful, very thankful. And there was a great turkey, and I ate stuffing, and my sister-in-law made some weird sort of Brussels sprout sliders, which on in theory you go, what? And in practice you're like, yeah, I think I'll have 50 more. So I'm still full. I don't think I'll eat until January, but of course I'm going to. Do you know why? Because, you know, I'll get hungry at one point. But with the time to give thanks of what we have and... This has been a time for my family who's had some loss and some near loss. 
to really be thankful that we are surrounded by our loved ones and, and we still have each other. Now comes the holiday season where you frantically go out and try to buy stuff for people that they don't already have. So here's the deal. Here is the dilly-do. We are now beginning the shopping season in baseball as well. We've had a few signings, nothing major. This is usually the time when there's a little bit of do si -do and Rochambeau. A few years ago, you had Josh Donaldson dealt around this time, and Pablo Sandoval signed with the Red Sox. And that worked out great, didn't it? <laughs> so I went to BaseballTradeRumors.com, one of the five greatest websites in the history of the planet Earth. And I saw something there that made me think, oh, wow, Christmas may have come early for your pal Sully. Because here is what it said. Let me click on it, shall you? I will go over here. Click. Giants have considered pursuing Pablo Sandoval trade. Let that sink in for a second. Giants have considered pursuing Pablo Sandoval trade. This is according to Evan uh, Drelich of the Boston Herald. Just, just take that into account, what I just said. Sandoval, who broke more belts this year than he had hits. He hasn't had a hit since 2015. He played three games this year. Went 0 for 6. Walked. Struck out four times. Bursted his belt. His OPS was 143. His OPS plus was negative 57. You may not understand all those statistics, but let me, let me fill them in for you. That sucks. So the fact that the San Francisco Giants would be willing to take this manatee off of the Red Sox hands is something that makes me say, um, yes, please. Yes, please. Now, I am reminded of a time that I actually made a, one of my solid baseball videos after the 2011 season when I found out that the San Diego Padres were interested in John Lackey, and Lackey then went under the knife for Tommy John surgery, and I basically went on a rant saying they should have offered him everything. Just Here, John Lackey in exchange for a flat can of Sprite, or John Lackey in exchange for the sequel rights to Green Lantern. Whatever it needed to do to get him off the Red Sox team. Now, as it turned out, he sat out the 2012 season, and I just hated him, couldn't stand him. And he came back and had a decent 2013 and helped pitch the Red Sox to the World Series title. So I ate a little crow there. The Red Sox made the right decision to keep John Lackey and not dump him. I just thought, dump his ass. If you're going to have to pay him, you might as well just pay him and have him not play. But as it turns out, he contributed to a title, and I had to grind my teeth a little bit, eat a little crow. And there you go, and do -si do But I'm looking at the Pablo Sandoval situation and thinking, look it, the Red Sox are in a situation where they are trying to develop a young team. Now, the, the notion of Sandoval was that he would eventually fill in for Big Poppy, that we knew uh, Ortiz was retiring, and Sandoval would come in and pepper the left field wall 
and be a beloved Red Sox. And I, if you went back to the podcast that I was doing throughout the offseason of 2014, right after Pablo Sandoval caught the pop-up that clinched the 2014 World Series, I did everything but sacrifice animals to keep him from signing with the Boston Red Sox because I didn't want him on the Red Sox. It made no sense for him to be on the Red Sox. It made sense for him to be on one team, and that's the San Francisco Giants, because he had no goodwill in the bank. Go back to those past podcasts. He had no goodwill in the bank in Boston. He had nothing but goodwill in the bank in San Francisco, because he has the aura of being a terrific player because he, when he exploded on the scene in 2009, I'm just going to review, if, you, if you're familiar with the podcast, I'm going over old territory, forgive me. Giant fans fell in love with him in 2009 because he hit his 25 homers, he batted, three, he batted 330, put up the OPS of 943, but he also was a slugger in AT&T Park who was fun. They had gone through the Barry Bonds years, and the Barry Bonds years were thrilling. The Barry Bonds years were dynamic, but they weren't a lot of fun. Barry Bonds is a lot like Clint Eastwood heroes. He does the job, but he's not exactly cute and cuddly. They got a guy who was cute and cuddly. He was not nearly as great as Barry Bonds. Who's been as great as Barry Bonds? Willie Mays? Ted Williams? Babe Ruth? I mean... Barry Bonds, no matter what you think of him uh, in terms of performance enhancing and everything like that, Barry Bonds is an inner circle Hall of Famer. So no, Pablo wasn't that, but he was fun. And people could relax when they cheered for him. And they put on the panda hats, and he was kind of chubby and kind of goofy looking, but he could hit and everything like that. And you knew that fans loved him because people wanted him to do what he didn't have a very good year in 2010. And he barely contributed in the World Series, but he got like one or two hits in the playoffs. And I have so many Giant fan friends. I said, oh, I was so happy to see Panda get that hit. I was so happy to see Panda get the big hit. Panda had a good 2009, a very good 2009, a good solid 2011, although they missed some time with injury. And those are really the two outstanding seasons he's had. And the rest of the time, he's been eh, not bad. Sometimes goes on deep slumps, sometimes goes on tears. Very streaky player. Who happened to have two of his hot streaks be in the 2012 World Series and throughout the 2014 postseason. So with that comes cute and cuddly guy, easy to root for guy, and oh, on the big stage he performs. And the Red Sox bought that hook, line, and sinker brought him in without realizing that, no, that player you saw in the World Series only shows up from time to time. Most of the time, he's just an eh kind of hitter. And his first season with the Red Sox was, eh, not great. A little bit below what he normally played in San Francisco, but I wasn't stunned. And, of course, last year was a catastrophe. As he showed up looking like Sidney Greenstreet in the Maltese Falcon, exploded his belt, was out for the rest of the year, and the Red Sox made the postseason. And I'm convinced that he wasn't hurt, that they just said, Pablo, take the year off. So now the Giants are calling for him. And no matter what they, if they want 
the Red Sox to pay his entire salary and get back one AAA player and the, and the costume of the crazy crab, the failed mascot of the mid-80s. They should do it. Because they're going to have to pay Pablo anyway. And instead, he just sort of lingers over the team as a mistake of the past regime. This is not Dave Dombrowski's signing. This was the previous administration's signing. And to have him linger over the team, if you have to pay his bills, you might as well have to pay him and not have him be there and be a reminder or feel like, oh, maybe, maybe we should put him here or there. No. Make that move. Make that move and maybe rejuvenate it in San Francisco or at least where people put back on the panda hat and cheer and say, oh, last time we saw you we won a World Series, welcome back, panda. Believe me, I've been to enough Yankee games and watched enough Yankee times where they bring back the former Yankee as sort of a, oh, look at that, oh, it's, we love bringing back Tino, we love bringing back Jeff Nelson, we love bringing back David Wells. And they'll show the clips of the three homers in the game one of the uh, World Series against Detroit or him winking at the camera before going up and smacking another double against Kansas City. It'll be fun. And Red Sox fans will get out of it. So please make that deal. By the way, one of the people who was over at our home for Thanksgiving is a friend of the family, big, big baseball fan. And he asked me, he said, you know, what are the Diamondbacks doing? And, um, and I realized that you can always ask that because I never know what the hell they're doing. They never seem to make any damn sense. What are the Diamondbacks doing? Well, the other day they made a deal trading Gene Segura for basically Taiwan Walker. Now, this is a cautionary tale for all people involved. Now, Taiwan Walker, I, I believe... He's been a prospect forever. Hasn't he been some of the people who have been screaming he's going to be a great pitcher forever? Hasn't it seemed that way? And he's had a couple of flashes. He's owned baseball a few times. But this, his first few seasons, it's been like, all right, are you going to be one of those people who lit it up in the minor leagues and didn't quite turn into a frontline starter in the major leagues and ultimately became a decent middle reliever? Is that what this guy's trajectory is because that's what it kind of looks like and I'm thinking about the times when the Seattle Mariners were one of those teams that were in the rumor mill for some of the big pitchers that were on the move I think David Price was one of the names that was floated around maybe been John Lester as well and the prospect of giving up Taiwan Walker was floated around that they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to pull that off. And now he's been dealt for Gene Segura. Is that how you pronounce his name? Am I, am I that much of a, of a buffoon? Am I mispronouncing his name? BaseballReference.com says Gene Segura. Okay, I was not wrong. You know, sometimes I wonder if people cling to their prospects a little too tightly. Giving up Taiwan Walker could have landed David Price. David Price and Felix Hernandez in the rotation may have been the difference as the Mariners were eliminated for a wild card spot on the final day of the season. Final day of the damn season. 
And I, I can't help but wonder if that could be the difference. And I wonder how many times when you see players who are, who are like, well, we're going to cling to this prospect or that prospect. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm too gung-ho in trying to push your chips to the center of the table. But part of me thinks if you have a chance, especially when you have a superstar like Felix Hernandez, you don't know how big his window of opportunity is. Yeah, it would be great if Taiwan Walker becomes a great superstar pitcher alongside him. But you could have had, I mean, I, I, I sometimes feel when I see that uh, a player, you know, that, that, that a player was so coveted and they held on to him and then next thing you know, he's traded anyway a couple of years later. I can't help but wonder if that team has sort of non-seller's remorse. Like we held on to them. Could that been, because remember the wild card teams were both in the World Series in 2014. Could that have been the Mariners? I'm not saying it would have been, but I'm saying that must be something that bothers them. It would bother me. On the other hand, what are the Diamondbacks doing? Now they're trading Gene Segura. Now, is Gene Segura a great player? Gene Segura is a good, solid player. He led the league in hits. Now, leading the league in hits and getting... 39 walks is not necessarily the greatest combination in the world. His on-base percentage is barely higher than his batting average. But he has decent pop. He has decent power. His OPS is 867. He gets 200 hits, 20 strikeouts, 33 stolen bases. You know, I mean, that's not bad. It would be nice if he walked a little more and struck out a little less. Fine, but he's had a, he's a he was an all star in Milwaukee, where he you know had good speed, got a lot of hits, and he was at he got some MVP votes with the Arizona Diamondbacks, and now they're dealing him off. Now, when is he eligible for free agency? He is eligible for free agency in twenty nineteen. I sometimes don't get you know he's still in his mid 20s i sometimes don't get what arizona's doing do they think that they have the key to unlock taiwan walker you know this is his organization i granted they've cleaned house a little bit but they're still stuck with the stink stink with the stuck they're stuck with the stink of the trading away dansby swanson and and signing zach grinky to a huge deal and having grinky not have a great year he was okay, but not a great year. Now, they're hoping that you have Robbie Ray, Archie Bradley, maybe Shelby Miller, maybe Braden Shipley, maybe Taiwan Walker, that maybe all these players who are in Patrick Corbin, I don't know who's hurt necessarily at this point, but they're hoping that they have enough of these people that are like, oh, well, we'll slap together, they'll do okay here. But, you know, you're putting together a team and you still have Goldschmidt. You still have Brandon Drury. You still have Yasmani Tomas. I mean, is that is their mindset that they're just loaded in the outfield? I I I don't I I I don't get it. You know, and Segura is, you know, I mean he's a middle infielder and he plays well, but I mean it's like, are they thinking that I, I don't get it? You don't have many 20 home run hitting, 200 hit second baseman in the game right now. 
and then you're 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 shipping them off for a, a pitcher that all things are pointing from being a classic, an absolute classic. Well, you know, didn't quite make it to the majors pitcher. I never know what the Diamondbacks are doing. It never makes sense. And and the Larusa era of this team has just been a, a comedy of utter confusion. Now Seattle's going to put Segura into their into their uh, uh, infield, I suppose. Don't they have Robinson Cano already playing there? This is one. This is a strength. I mean, let me go. Let me. I, I mean, Segura is a second baseman. I guess he can play shortstop. Uh, you know, he played twenty three games at shortstop last year. So maybe, I mean, maybe that's what they're doing, and they they want the double play combination of Segura and Robinson Cano. Okay, fine. Fine. It's a strange, strange start to the offseason. I don't get what the Diamondbacks are doing. I really don't. But I always seem to be saying that. And I always seem to be right. That I don't know what the hell they're doing. But I know one thing that should happen. The Red Sox should agree at any point with any terms with the Giants to send Pablo Sandoval back there and then call up the Diamondbacks to make a deal. Do you know why? They don't know what they're doing. Maybe, just maybe, you can fleece them. But you're not going to fleece me, and I'm going to be doing a podcast every single day. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Hoping the panda returns to AT&T Park where he belongs. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 26th day of November 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.